0: Thank you so much for tuning in to The Lily Podcast for its very first season. We will be taking a short break before season two. In the meantime, while The Lily Podcast is on break, we will be running episode replays. So without further ado, here we go. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> yeah let me get comfortable
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so welcome to the lily where you plant the seeds and god provides the increase oh my
0: (laughs) god it's not corny at all
1: today we have my lovely wife this show won't be about me i'm just really happy that i get to sit in this side this chair so i get to interview you today
0: Yes, you do. Yeah.
1: Are you nervous? Yes, you are. No. Yeah, yeah I know. actually. You have no idea. What I, she has no <laughs> idea what I'm going to ask, guys. So um, let's keep it short and simple with the first one because uh, these are her questions. And then we'll get to my
0: questions. Wow.
1: How long have you been saved?
0: I have been saved for a little bit over five years now. It's easy to remember because I've been saved just, what? Six months more than I've been married, so it's easy to keep track.
1: Oh, that's, that is that is good. That's true. So, um, yeah, let's jump right into it. All right. How did that all happen? What was your life prior to salvation? What did that look like? What yeah. was young Zyasia doing?
0: This is <laughs> it's so weird being on this side of the question because it's so vague. It's such a broad question. Well, you but- made them up. <clears throat> Life before Christ, young Zia Asia. Life was good. Life was life was good. Um, I was born in New Jersey with to my mom, of course. And my That's mom, how births work. Yes. <laughs> um, I believe my mom was a single mom. the The story of like the the birth and my young years. It's a little foggy to me. I don't really know all the details, but I believe that I was born to a single mom. I don't think my parents were together when I was born. Um, I was raised with my mom until I was, I want to say, two. And parents, don't quote me because, like I said, the details are fuzzy. I don't know the whole story, but I think I was raised with my mom until about two. And then I went to go live with my dad in minnesota and he was a single parent for a little while and then he eventually um got into a relationship um with a woman my gen so i was raised in the suburbs of minnesota with me my dad my stepmom and my stepsister and wolves there were no wolves <laughs> So, um, life was good. I mean, we had everything that we could have wanted as young children. I remember having a full library in the basement of my house, and my stepmom, she did nails so I could get a manicure whenever I wanted. Life was good. We had wonderful neighbors, you know, the type of neighbors that bring you a cake when you first move into the neighborhood. They, they actually did. They were those it's neighbors. The 70s. It the It was great. We rode our bikes, you know, around the neighborhood. Life was good. Um, and then, unbeknownst to me, my dad, he was actually selling drugs. I didn't know this at the time. You know, I was just a kid. But he actually ended up getting locked up. So um, I went to go live back with my mom. So, during my time in in Minnesota, my mom would visit, or I would visit her, you know, summers or winter break. Um, it's always been that way. Um, but then, when my dad got locked up, I went to go live with my mom. So, this was my, like, in my mind, the way that these memories are, like, It's so fuzzy, and I know that they are inaccurate because it just doesn't make logical sense. But when I went to go live with my mom, these are, like, my first memories of my sisters where, like, I can remember, like, being with them. But, like, memories before this, Mm -hmm. I don't remember them anyways. (laughs) So I moved back to live with my mom in New Jersey, and we were living in East Orange at first, (laughs) star was cool it was, was cool back East in
1: the 90's. Was, East cool. was cool
0: it was cool to you know play in the neighborhood yeah. and go outside and it was me I have so technically I'm the middle child on my mom's side so I have an older sister and a younger sister so it's three girls and we had dolls and we fought and it was it was cool. Um, I also had a stepdad, so my younger sister's dad, um, him and my mom were in a relationship, so he was my stepdad and he was awesome, he was wonderful, he was actually a really good parent um, to all of us, mm. and um, yeah, we lived in East Orange for a little while, I don't know what happened, but something something must have went away because we moved from East Orange to Nork, and what we <laughs> you see how he instigated. No we moved to Nork, we moved to Stratford.
1: Mm. Um, they were shooting over there, y'all.
0: They were indeed <laughs> shooting over there. If you're not familiar with Nork or familiar with Stratford, it is the projects, it's it has a reputation.
1: It had now, I don't know what it's like now.
0: No, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's it's pretty I don't think it's like that anymore but it it had a pretty notorious reputation so we moved to Stratford and when we moved to Stratford my mom and my stepdad at some point they broke up and my stepdad moved out he was still very present in our lives I remember he would he would drive from his house to take us to school I think he was I, th- I believe he was living in Roselle, so he would drive from Roselle or Linden maybe, one of those cities. He would drive from there to pick us up and take us to school, even though our school was literally walking distance right down the street. He would take us to school every day. He would pick us up. <clears throat> he was, you know, my mom, she drove buses, so sometimes she was gone for, you know, like days at a time. So he would be there making sure, you know, that we were – well fed and well taken care of and all that good stuff so um so yeah so from from the suburbs of Minnesota mm-hmm. to East Orange mm-hmm. to Stratford good yeah it was it was a pretty drastic transition and um Stratford was tough at first it was tough for me because like i said these are my first memories being with my sisters so Mm -hmm. I'm already like trying to establish a relationship with my sisters or like really you know find my footing in the family and at the time you know introducing a new sibling the way that it like the way that everything happened it was kind of like I was a nuisance like Mm -hmm. at least the way that I remember it like with my older sister it's like she didn't really want me there so it's like there's a little bit of friction there um me and my younger sister we always kind of have friction as well
1: let's let's uh before you continue let's just clarify do you think that was your perception or do you think that was the actual actuality of the the reality
0: of the situation um i think that I think maybe it could be a mix of both. Like okay. I really won't know until I ask her. Yeah. But I remember like we argued a lot. We fought a lot.
1: She beat you up.
0: She did. Dang. She beat me up for a long time. Fight, but fight. but you know, I, fight, learned. Fight, I learned. I learned. Listen, you you I don't know I don't know if I'll I'll touch on it in my actual testimony, but you know, coming from suburbs of Minnesota to Stratford, mm. you learn how to fight and you learn quick otherwise you're going to get eaten up okay
1: well, well I mean this is your testimony why wouldn't you touch on it
0: okay all right all right we're here you you, you got it <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah it was it was tough because um I didn't really I don't think that I had as strong of bonds with my sisters as I would have liked or would, would have been profitable for me. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, so that there was that. And then being just in on Stratford, it's like, I still had my Minnesota accent. Mm -hmm. So of course I was a target immediately. It's like, Oh, you talk white. Mm -hmm. And of course people would say, Oh, you think you're better than us Mm -hmm. and all these things. And I just wasn't used to, The things that was happening, like, why are we playing jump rope? And there's certain people that don't have on shoes. Like, why would you take your shoes off? We're outside in the street. Yeah. And, um, me asking questions like that comes off as if like, who are you? Like, why? You know, so. You got holes in my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So yeah, so there was there was that. So of course I was immediately tar- a target, and I remember when we first moved to Stratford. So me and my m- my mom and my sisters we lived in one building, and then the building directly next to it, my aunt and her three daughters lived in that building. So my cousins we are a and family. Um, yes, Terminator. and my aunt she my <laughs> <laughs> my aunt she um. You know, she instilled in us like oh if one goes you all go That's or good. at least one of you go like you stick together. Yeah. So the way that it worked out was actually pretty good. So it's like my sister and my oldest cousin, they were a year apart or the same same grade I think. Mm-hmm. And then me and my cousin, she's one grade younger than me, so we're like basically the same age and the same thing with my younger two, my younger sister and my younger cousin. So there were there were pairs. Mm-hmm. So um we would get sent outside to go play. So we would be out jumping rope and I remember getting picked on a lot in the beginning. And my cousin who was my age, but she, she's younger than me, but she she was familiar with the area. So in like just the life. So she would be like trying to defend me and stuff and it's like Not my
1: cousin. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So but, you know, you you learn quickly, like you need to defend like I'm here and I'm going to help you. Mm -hmm. But you need to defend yourself as well. So I remember there was like this argument over jump rope because one of the girls didn't want me to play or she didn't want me to take. It was technically my turn, but she's like, no, you can't play type Mm -hmm. of thing. And it's like you can't just let somebody, you know, run over you like yeah. that so my cousin is. she's like no like you need to stand up for yourself was it
1: a jump rope or a telephone line
0: it was definitely a telephone line but yeah, just know, wanted that's clear just it how it was <laughs> <laughs> so um that's actually See, they, they, I,
1: made, they made fun of me in my cheese pretzels but now we get to talk about them like, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah here we are
0: it builds character oh sure so um that's actually when I had my first fight Cause my cousin, she's like, listen, you gotta, you gotta, gotta do it. Mm. So, um, I had my first fight and it was, it did not go well.
1: Mm.
0: (laughs) But, um, after that experience, my older cousin, she was like, listen, we're gonna get this together. And I remember like, I don't think it was intentional, but I remember it was like flat fight club in my aunt's house. Like literally we would just be like, Fighting all the time. Like, sometimes it was like, okay, practice, fight. And then sometimes it was just like, you get on my nerves, so we gonna fight. But I learned in-house, fighting with my cousins and my sisters how to fight. And then, you know, eventually other people, it is what it is. There's, fighting was a big portion of my life during that time. But, so yeah, so basically tossed into the projects, I learned very quickly um, fighting and, you know, just the violence of the hood. Yeah. Um, And that was that for a while. And then my dad eventually got out of jail. Oh, wait.
1: Yeah. You missed. hold on.
0: I did. Yeah. I'm I'm skipping over things. So, um, like I said, my, my stepdad, he took a, a primary role in our lives. And at this time, the time that I'm talking about now, my older sister, she's <clears throat> she's in high school, I believe, and um, she's kind of, you know, doing her own thing. Like, I, I I, know that my, I believe, from what I remember, I believe that my stepdad took a, a more primary role in my life and my younger sister's life because we needed it more, whereas my older sister, she was older and she could kind of look after herself. So she would be like, At the apartment or with my older cousin or doing whatever she was doing while we would be at his house, you know, after school or whatever the case is. But um, during this time, I'm in. 5th I'm in fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade, I can't remember, fourth or fifth grade. And um, we get out of school and my stepdad isn't there now. When my stepdad is not there when we get out of school, we typically go to we just go home and our our house was walking distance so it was no big deal and he would pick us up from the house yeah right like if he was running late <laughs> this day um after school, my best friend's mom who worked at the school, I don't remember what her role was in the school at that time, but she worked like in the front office. She, I, I can't remember if she called us out of class or if she waited until school was over, but she told us to come to her house. Mm. Now, this is my best friend mom. Like, of course, it's always a great time at my best friend's house. So we go to her house, and I didn't really think anything of it until it started to get late. Like, the sun is going down. And I remember thinking, like, where is Polo? That was my stepdad's name. That's yeah. what we called him, Polo. Um, I remember thinking, like, where is he? But I don't know. Like, I, I think I asked. And I remember her saying, like, oh, your mom is coming. And I'm like, my mom. <laughs> Why is my mom coming? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I was young, though. I didn't really give it a second thought. And then my mom came, and she took us to the hospital. Um, I remember. <coughs> <sighs> okay, I remember being in the car and like I said, my memories from when I was young, they're blurry. <laughs> But I believe that my mom and my grandmother were in the front seat and I remember hearing them talking. Either they were in the car, or this is the conversation I heard as we were walking into the hospital. But I remember my mom saying that my stepdad was in a motorcycle accident. And I think as we were walking into the hospital, I heard mom either my mom or my grandmother, one of them said, like, yeah, they had to they had to revive him a few times. Like he was gone and they had to like bring him back a few times and at first I didn't think it was that serious <clears throat> I didn't think it was that serious you know me being a kid but also me not seeing like panic or emotion from the adults that were there Um my mom is not a very emotional person I think I don't I don't remember her crying over this Mm -hmm. so like she wasn't panicked she was very calm very collected so I didn't think anything was wrong until I heard them say that Mm -hmm. um so yeah so that's when I knew like okay this is serious Mm -hmm. and um I remember all of us we were in the waiting room um his family was there my mom my aunts my grandmother everybody were just there and we were there for a while we were there long enough for me to fall asleep. And I remember when we were um, <clears throat> when we were in the waiting room, I had a dream. I had a dream that the doctor came in and the doctor said, um, he's gone. And the doctor left. And when I woke I woke up immediately after that, and when I woke up, everybody was crying. <laughs> and I'm like <sighs> And, um, that's when it hit. And I remember my aunt, my aunt, um, Darnita, she took me to the bathroom, I think. And I remember her hugging me. <sighs> I remember her hugging me and I remember her trying to like talk me through like, you know, what was happening and what I was feeling. But um, immediately it was like, um, like a numbness came over me. And um, I don't think that, I don't think that I like processed everything that happened. Uh, regarding his death and everything until like a year, the, the the anniversary of his death that was the first time that i like really cried about the fact that he was gone um but this was like a really pivotal moment in my life because like i said he was a, a the primary parent right at that time because my mom she would work and she would be away Um, so when he passed, when he passed, of course, things shifted and things, things were bleak for a little while. But it just so happened that my dad had got out of prison, um, a little while before Polo passed away. And my dad said that Polo called him the day before, I don't, I want to say the day before he passed or, you know, shortly before he passed, my dad. My polo called my dad and he told him like you know your your daughter is in trouble she's not doing well in school she's like running the streets she wilding like, yeah she she's wild and she's not listening to us um you need to come get your daughter.
1: What were you doing
0: <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't doing anything I That's was not what he said. <laughs> I just I was hanging out. I was hanging out and you know, looking back, it was it was late and I was out and I like I How late? It was pretty late.
1: If you could know. give it a time.
0: Maybe like 10, 11 o'clock, just out. In fifth grade? Yes. Yep. Um so yeah, so my so polo told my dad like you need to come get your daughter so my dad he basically was like all right bet and then polo passed away and it was like i definitely need to you know get my daughter now so um not too long after polo passed away i think i think i finished out the school year and then my mom sent me to go visit my dad for the summer visit visit sent me to go visit and i remember it being so weird and so awkward because again like i said my memories of being a kid are blurred so i remembered my dad like I I, this is my dad like i remember loving him and all that stuff but it was new all again so um so yeah, and then, you know, dealing with the the loss of my stepdad, and then now having to build a relationship with my real dad, I was, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be, you know, with my friends this summertime, and I'm in Minnesota. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? So I was, I was angry. Um, I stayed in my room a lot. I remember my dad, he would take me all these cool and fun places, and It would be the best he could. He was doing the best he could. And I remember every time he would take me somewhere or like when we would be leaving, he'd be like, did you have fun? Did you like it? And I would just be like, it's all right. Cause I didn't want him. Like, I don't know. I was just mad. Mm. Um, I was very cold and he was patient. He was patient and he let me work through whatever I was working through. But um, so, yes, yeah, so I went to go visit my dad for the summer and, um, you know, had to rebuild. And then I remember one time I was on the phone, with my mom, because she would call and I'm like, mom, when am I coming home? Like, this is cool, but I want to come home. And she was like, age, you're going to stay with your dad. I'm like, <laughs> what you mean? what you mean so now i'm even more angry um but i started the school year i started sixth grade in minnesota and i stayed in minnesota until sophomore year in high school
1: so you fled
0: can can fled. i'll get there oh, okay. so um so yeah but m- my dad was super strict my dad is muslim so he has his principles and he would be doing his best to instill those principles into in me. Um, I didn't really have an opinion on religion then. And he didn't like he would instill general principles in me that were, of course, related to Islam. Give but an example. Um, so like there, there's pillars in Islam and less, less, I, I believe one of the pillars of Islam is wisdom So one, he would have me, he would have me memorize and recite these pillars, Mm -hmm. which come from Islam, but he would have me do it in a way where it's like, these are the things that are going to help you in your general life. Mm -hmm. So like, I knew it it was from a religion, but he didn't focus on the religion aspect with me. So, um, so he would instill like, you need to do good in school. You need to read, you need to be wise. Like you need to be intelligent. Um, so, yeah, he was just doing his best, and he he would spend time with me, and we would talk and all these things, and I'm super grateful now, looking back. Like, I hated it then, because he would literally, like, call me out my room and, like, sit me down and just talk to me about things I did not care about back then, but now, you know, I'm super grateful for it, but he was strict, and he already had, like, the, the way that Polo called him to say, like, your daughter's wilding out, he... I, I believe that he had it in his mind that I was this, like, defiant, bad child.
1: He was just a 10-year-old a, 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 a running the streets of Newark at 10 and 11 are o'clock you, at night.
0: Are you done? Um, But, yeah, so I believe that he had it in his mind that he needed to put these rules in place to, like, keep me confined and all these things. But all it did was literally make me feel confined. It made me feel, like... I couldn't breathe and coming from, you know, a mom who basically let me do whatever I wanted to a dad who wouldn't let me do anything. Like literally he wouldn't even like, it would be, I would have to like beg and plead to spend the night at my cousin's house out in Minnesota. Or like, I remember like I can count on one hand how many times I spent the night at my best friend's house when I was in Minnesota. And looking back, It was for the best.
1: Yeah, because our boys would not be spending the night anywhere. (laughs) Anywhere that's not their aunt's house. And very, 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 very trusted people in our lives. Very trusted. Not a little bit trust. Not a little bit more trust. Very trusted. Because it's not going down.
0: Yeah, but as a kid, Mm -hmm. when you're able to do whatever you want and then you have a parent who is telling you no to literally everything you ask and you don't understand why... Mm -hmm. It's it's it just made me, yeah. you know. So you had, you had um, extreme
1: measures of both worlds. I did. Right. I, I had
0: yeah. It's a really good yeah. My parents were on opposite sides of the spectrum. There yeah. was no middle ground. Um, So because my dad was so strict, I did not want to be there. Like I never, although I loved being with my dad, I loved spending time with him. I hated living in Minnesota. Yeah. It's like, like in my mind, it's like, this would be cool to visit for a couple weeks and then go back to my life in New Jersey. But to just live here forever, I couldn't see myself doing it. So um, I kept asking my mom over the years, can I move home? Can I, can I come back? Can I come back? And of course, she would always say no. And my dad, he wasn't willing to let me move back either. So um, those years that I spent in Minnesota... Most days I was in the house. Minnesota in the wintertime is crazy. So of course I'm definitely in the house. Um all of my interactions were virtual over the phone.
1: MySpace. And <laughs> my AIM. and
0: and but even then I wasn't allowed to have MySpace.
1: Oh, you were sneaking on MySpace? I was
0: sneaking on MySpace.
1: Her name was Cherry on there. At. Cherry cherry was sneaking on my space y'all
0: I was sneaking on my space I think at this point Facebook was making a, a grand entrance mm, I nah, was sneaking I don't know about that one yeah like high school
1: yeah I feel like when you was in Minnesota I feel like when you came back it, started, it doesn't matter.
0: Anyways, so yeah, so I'm sneaking online. I'm sneaking phone calls to my friends. I'm texting when I'm not supposed to be. Like my dad, he would take my phone at like 6 p.m. and (laughs) Yo, that's like that was it for the night. But my dad also worked long hours, so I would be sneaking my phone and like texting and stuff like that, and you know during that time I had even snuck and ended up in a relationship with you for a little while
1: mm-hmm.
0: but um long distance yeah long distance um but yeah it was it was just a lot of rules a lot of restriction and I I didn't I was a rebel at heart back then she restriction to to was me
1: it. from uh, the steps of a library like four or five blocks down from my yeah. house
0: cuz you know remember my dad mm-hmm. he instilled intelligence and wisdom. These were good principles. So she was, was, at, the library. So I was <laughs> at the library. Reading and yeah. studying. But really I was sneaking on my space and calling boys. <laughs> um multiple. Calm down. What? <laughs> so so yeah, so I wasn't a fan of the restriction and I came home to New Jersey to visit my mom for winter break. Mm-hmm. And winter break was cool. At the end of winter break, my mother drove me to to LaGuardia Airport, That's which is in LaGuardia. New York. Really? So, yeah, I remember it being a hassle for us to get there. And I remember her explicitly being upset or like a little mad that she had to drive me to LaGuardia because she didn't want to pay the toll. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get to LaGuardia. Her me my mom and my older cousin we get to the airport this is when they could still come in i, I don't I, I don't know why I re- have been. yeah they were i remember them coming in because we took pictures in the bathroom oh, maybe here. because you
1: were still a kid right so they probably want to make sure you got to the gate
0: maybe yeah. maybe that is what it is it, yeah
1: it, it definitely was post 9 so. 11
0: definitely was post 9 11 but yeah they they i remember them walking me in. And um, you know, us saying our goodbyes and taking pictures and all this stuff. And I remember my mom cried.
1: Your mom cried? She
0: cried. This is the first time I ever saw her cry. She I
1: never cried. seen your mom cry.
0: Yeah. That was my first time. Sheesh. She dropped it she dropped wait a couple years tears. To see your mom cry? <laughs> all right. She dropped a couple tears, said goodbye. And um, it was time for me to get on the on the plane, and it, it's funny though because I remember like when she was crying, I'm like, "Mom, why are you crying? Like I'm coming back. Like relax." But she says she always gets like that. I just never saw it. Mm. But um, yeah. So they say they say goodbye, and they go on about their business. They drive back home. <clears throat> so I'm sitting there waiting for them to call us to board the plane, to call us to board the plane. They call group one, they call group two, they call group three, so on and so forth. And I just sat there and I'm like, I can't go back. I can't. I don't want to. So I just sat there. Rebellious. I was very rebellious. And I remember the flight attendants, like those people at the desk. I remember them looking at me every time they would call last call for flight, whatever. Going to Minneapolis. And they would look at me and I would avoid (laughs) icons. I would look away. And finally, I guess it just got too late and the plane left. And as soon as the plane left, I said, I'm free. Literally, I'm like, I'm free. I called my mom. I said, Mom, I didn't get on the plane. She said, What are you talking about? What do you mean you didn't get on the plane? I'm like, Mom, I really don't want to go back. I didn't get on the plane. I'm not going back. She said, all right, well, then I guess you're going to stay there forever because I'm not coming back to get you. (laughs) Yep,
1: straight like that. Straight like that. She
0: like, I don't got no money to pay that toll again. Like, I'm not coming back to get you, so you better figure it out. And she hung up. I said, oh, my goodness. She called my dad. My dad called my phone. I was so scared to answer. My dad called my phone. Can't even tell you what he was saying because he was yelling and cursing so loud. I don't even know. He was so mad. But he was going off on me. If you don't get your FNA on that plane, I'm like, Dad is gone. What you want me to do? <laughs> so he was yelling and cursing at me. Um, my uncle called me, and this is this is the part where my my husband, he gets a little upset. My uncle called me. And he, my uncle went off on me to curse and yell it. And he's like, um, he says something along the lines of, this is not rebating, but he says something along the lines of like, you just want to be out there running the streets and being fresh. Ain't nothing in them streets. You just going to end up getting pregnant. You're going to mess up your life, all this stuff.
1: So my problem with those statements are, to add clarity, those are word curses. Those are word curses coming from somebody prominent in your life. Now, obviously, um, I'm sure if you would ask your uncle now, he would probably be like, Sorry,
0: right?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure he didn't mean it, didn't, but, but those are word curses, and they still mat- they, yeah, they, they matter, still count. And they're coming from somebody that is prominent in your life. I don't appreciate that, mm-hmm. right? I don't got no beef with Uncle Me, Uncle cool, cool. We can sit down and watch basketball, right? That's just not that's not the problem. It's just whether it be word curses to you, to me, to my children. I just I'm I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. So when you when, first time she told me that, I'm like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> we cool. We good.
0: But, yeah, so the, the phone call with my uncle is really what made me say to myself, like, I'm not going back to Minnesota, but I'm also going to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stay in New Jersey because that's what I want to do, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to make sure that, you know, my life is still good.
1: Youthful pride.
0: Yeah, it, it was definitely youthful pride because, Oh, anyways, so... So yeah, so that was that. It was a lot of turmoil for a long time. My dad was very upset with me. My mom was mad. My mom got over it quicker than my dad though. She's like, "Well, if you really want to stay, it is what it is." If
1: I was your dad, I would have came. I would have drove to New Jersey, picked you up, and drove back. If I, as, as if I'm the dad, that's what I'm doing. I'm actually dad. Why he didn't do it next time I see him? Yeah, I'm I'm, I wonder to him what he saying. I'm
0: gonna tell him. That. But um, let me shit that. Yeah, my mom's boyfriend at the time, she and he ended up giving her the money to come back or paying the toll to come back and get me. They actually drove together. And um, my mom, she said, well, if you really want to stay, you could stay. And my dad, he was upset. And um, him, my mom and my dad, they had some heated words. Really, my dad had heated words from my mom because my mom doesn't argue. Um, and my mom basically... Vowed from that moment never to talk to my dad again. So <laughs> they haven't spoken in years. They don't have a reason to talk now because I'm an adult, but from that moment on, they had no conversation.
1: I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> I'm going to make it happen.
0: Um, so, yeah, so that was that. And um, I stayed. So I ended up staying sophomore to now. So from a sophomore to now, I've been in New Jersey and um, high school was cool. Like I said, I vowed to myself that I was going to stay on track. So I made sure that my grades were good Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, easy because Minneapolis school system is a little bit ahead of this school system. So when I transferred in, I was actually at a senior level. Mm -hmm. So it was easy for me to, you know, keep up with my schoolwork and all that stuff. I was, you know, honors, AP, all that good stuff. I, she ended up
1: transferring to uh, the school I graduated from.
0: Yeah, Get yeah, that. we ended up. Yeah, I had we, already
1: graduated by the time she got there.
0: He was, had already graduated, but his reputation was still whispering in the halls of our high school.
1: High school—that's what people do. Like, yeah. So, uh huh. Whether it be true or not.
0: Yeah. So he had. So I had a particular friend group in high school, and one of the guys that was a part of my friend group was caught up in one of Martin's wild tales. So we actually... I didn't even tell the
1: tale. It wasn't me that told the tale. She told... It. Well, go ahead. Well, go ahead. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So, the, so the story of this particular situation... That involved Martin was told to me, and then just because we were on the topic, and I knew who he was, I then got all the other stories about what he did when he was in high school. So he, my friends, had a an opinion about him, and it wasn't a good one. But um, haters. Anyways, so, so um, I finished out high school, and it was good. I my overall GPA when I graduated was a three point eight. You want to make like me so bad. Anyways, <laughs> my senior year, my GPA never dropped below a 4.0. Um, at one point, I was really proud it was a 4.5 because mm. I was taking AP courses. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and
1: then what, what, what did, what did, you, what did you, you get all these good grades and where do you decide to go?
0: Hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. So I did good in high school. I finished out, um, finished out strong. Now I was at, I was still definitely doing things that a high schooler had no business doing like 16 going to the club on the weekends. What are you doing there?
1: Yo, she used to post uh, pictures on Instagram. I remember, yo, why was she wearing these boots? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> she thought they was
1: cute. From, I don't know. They're like from easy pickings. Like, I have like a very, I can see it. I can see the picture. I was
0: fly, okay? Yeah,
1: uh-huh.
0: Always been. Yeah. Anyways, she I said. was definitely doing things I didn't have no business doing. Smoking, mm-hmm. drinking, going to the clubs, being with guys. Like, I was living life. But I was I was making sure that I still was, you know, keeping up with my schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And being respectful to the adults in my life. So, to the adults in my life, I've always been this good kid. I've always been the one who listens, the one who follows the rules, all these things. Now, on my mom's side, things are just a lot more Mm laxed. So, for me to go out on the weekend, but be at school in the morning, that was A+. Mm -hmm. So... To them, I was always good, but, you and know, most, in, in and hindsight... And
1: most families that are not as tight-knit, mm-hmm. but, you know, just doing the best that they can, if you get good grades, you're good.
0: Yeah, true. So, That's, I got I, I good well, grades. Most
1: American families, I'll say. Most American. Families.
0: Yeah.
1: That doesn't apply
0: everywhere else. Yeah. You know? so, Especially um, in the Northeast. So, yeah, I... I, I was living life. Mm-hmm. Um... I so since my GPA was so good, I never liked sports, I never did clubs, like it just wasn't my thing, but my grades were really well, so I was I was sought after by um Spellman and I had a dream of going. They sent me like the this letter to say that they were interested and I'm like, "Yes, I could go to Spellman. It's HBCU." Um I don't even think I applied. I didn't even apply.
1: Unbelievable.
0: I, was, I applied to I applied to like 20 different schools. Mm-hmm. I got into 18 of them. Mm-hmm. I think
1: do you, do you remember the two schools that you didn't get into, chance? I don't. No, I don't remember. Probably you do, I would have them if, oh. if I didn't get into it. I didn't get, <laughs> <laughs> I got into two schools. So I, didn't no, into
0: I don't remember, I don't remember what it was, but I remember being too scared to go to Spellman. Mm-hmm. One, because the what they were, so I didn't think that I would be able to afford the tuition, mm-hmm. but I was also afraid because it was so far from home. Mm-hmm. So of the 20 schools that I applied to, maybe like two or three were in New Jersey. But even though I was accepted, I'm like, I'm going to be in Florida by myself. I'm going to be in California by myself. I don't like I I was scared. So I wanted to stay home. And of course, my dad, he's like, come to Minnesota, go to the University of Minnesota.
1: (laughs) Nice campus. But and they got an insomnia cookies. I like them.
0: It's, but still, in my head, it, Minnesota didn't work out because I wanted to go to school for business. And the University of Minnesota, the business campus is in Duluth, Minnesota, whereas my dad lived in Minneapolis, which is a little distance. So it's like, I'm going to be in Duluth by myself. So it's like, I don't want to do that. But I got into Montclair. So I went to Montclair State. I could take the bus from my house to Montclair. My first year I actually dormed. That was terrible. Okay. Girls are so catty. It was it was the worst. Um, and then you know, you're you're in college. If you fight on campus, you get kicked out. So it was just like this. It was just ugh I don't know. It was just a trying time for me because it's like Girls are being catty. And I, at that time, I only know one way to respond to cattiness Mm -hmm. when it comes to women. So it's like, I can't do nothing. And y'all getting on my nerves. Y'all really trying me. Mm -hmm. So um, I definitely never dormed again. I'm like, I cannot wait. And even like when I would be when when I was living on campus, I went home every weekend. I went to class, came back to my room like that was it. I didn't hang out. Nothing.
1: No friends.
0: I had no friends. I had no social life. And I've always been an introvert. But I I literally told myself, like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to dorm. I'm going to make new friends. I'm going (laughs) to be a social butterfly. But then that situation happened, and I'm like, I gotta stay to myself because if I don't stay to myself, I'm gonna end up getting kicked out. Mm-hmm. So I stayed to myself, and um, I did well in my classes. I, um, I did semi, I did well at first. So I did well at first. I think the first, my first semester, it was a little bit of a culture shock because. Like I said, since Minneapolis was ahead of New Jersey, I kind of skated through high school. Everything was super easy. Mm -hmm. But once you get to college, it's like, oh, dang, I got to actually apply myself. Mm -hmm. So, like, my first semester, it was a shock. And it's like, I did okay. But then after that, I did well. And I made sure that I was actually applying myself. But then I got into this terrible relationship. Mm -hmm. The relationship was glitter glam butterflies and flowers in the beginning but that they all are as they all are but that didn't last long um that was the first relationship that i got cheated on Mm. i've never felt heartbreak like that before in my life it was terrible so then i fell into depression I start drinking all the time. I start smoking all the time. I remember literally being high from the minute I woke up to the minute I would just sleep. Like, it was, it was real bad. Um, He was taking this off? Why are you the way you are? (laughs) Good to you. So, um, so yeah, so I fell into um, a nice little stumper of depression. And I stopped caring about just about everything. I knew that I had to graduate because I still had my dad ringing my phone. How's class going? What are you up to? You know, whatever, whatever. But at this point, I was just like, hey, C's get degrees. I'm going to get the degree and it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So I would show up to class if I felt like it. I would um, do subpar essays and just, you know, turn in my work to get it done.
1: Um could you tie in that relationship that you were in to your work ethic? I've heard you talk about this before, Um, but tie in the relationship that you were in and the breakup to how you were performing and how you were going through life.
0: Sure. So like I said, the relationship started my first from the relationship and the way that things transpired. That's the first time that I fell into depression, but I also, the, the guy that I was dating, he, I think like looking in hindsight, looking back, I think honestly that he was probably jealous of me because of the way that I was able to accomplish certain things that he wasn't able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So he would speak to me and he would, he would actually be speaking word curses over my life as well. And, um, the way that he would talk to me was belittling in the way where like let's say if I had a goal he would from the beginning be telling me that I couldn't do it and or like getting a certain job like he would be like telling me like that's not for you or like you can't do that basically um so I would I would get certain jobs and I was just kind of like working to make money. But since I was depressed, I was also spending a bunch of money. So I was like working to keep up with credit card bills and other bills. But since I was working these like dead end jobs so much to keep up, it didn't leave me enough time to really plot a career path. So, um, so
1: were you drinking at this time?
0: I was drinking heavily oh. at this time. That's
1: what I was giving you to talk about.
0: Oh yeah, I was I was definitely drinking heavily. Like I would I would get drunk to go to sleep because I also was having trouble sleeping. I had really bad insomnia for some reason. So I would either get drunk to go to sleep or get high to go to sleep. Mm. And then if I got drunk, then I'd be, or, or got high, whatever it was. Usually I fell asleep with it next to me. So when I would wake up, the bottle would be there. I would drink or finish what was left. If I was smoking, if there was, you know, some left, I would wake up, smoke, and then go on about my day. So
1: your breath smell was crazy. I know it was.
0: You good? Uh, you done?
1: I'm For now.
0: Mm. So, um, so, yeah, so I was drunk slash high from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to sleep, which also ties into depression and all that good stuff. So that
1: depression, when, what would you, if you could put a array of words to describe it, what did it feel like?
0: It felt like nothing. It felt like I was just numb. I was, the only thing that I remember feeling was extreme sadness. Either I felt nothing or I was extremely sad. The only time that I could remember being okay or, like, happy was when I was drunk or high with my friends or, like, out. That was it. Other than that, if I was, like, just by myself, it was either nothing or it was, like, extreme convulsion, crying, like, those, like, that type of sadness. So yeah, so during that time I was either sad or numb. Mm. Um yeah, that was that was that. So so yeah, so yeah, so continue. So that happens um towards towards the end of this relationship, I end up getting pregnant mm. and I couldn't live with I couldn't have a child at that time. This is my thought process. I couldn't have a child at that time because I didn't have money to take care of it. I didn't, I didn't even really have a place to live, honestly. And I also didn't have anyone to raise a child with. Like it was so I ended up getting an abortion, which just worsened the depression Um, because I don't I don't care what the feminists are saying in the world Mm -hmm. I don't care what the abortionists are saying in the world there is no woman who can there's no woman who has an abortion and does not feel that Mm. like I remember walking into that clinic hearing don't do this don't do this and I did it anyway and I remember afterwards I remember feeling lost I remember, I remember feeling and knowing that I murdered a baby. (sighs) Now, granted, this is, of course, something that I repented repented for and believe that I have been forgiven of. And it's also why... (laughs) It's also why I can I can say now abortion is wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care what the what the circumstances are, what your life looks like, you know, there's other options and you know it's a life. It's a life, period. So um it's also just it's not all right. I know like the my body, my choice. Yeah, it sounds right, but it's not. Put, it's not you your could, choice. You can, sp-
1: you can put a spin on a catchphrase on anything um, that you want to do. Mm-hmm. You can put a catchphrase in and make it sound good, um, but that doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah. So that worsens the depression. Mm-hmm. Um, life is <laughs> crazy, but um to. To make myself feel better I would drink Go out to the clubs You know Party And Cut your up. hair I I did cut my hair After that breakup I was bald
1: They all do it Every, every time somebody Go through a breakup They be like you know <laughs> Big chop
0: <laughs> It makes you feel better at
1: Liberation
0: <laughs> I'm a new woman Yeah
1: She colored my um, hair Yeah All different types I of I
0: did I did So where was I? Well, you
1: You got to the end, the near end of the relationship. You had the uh, abortion.
0: Right. Yes. So I am. So the things that make it, that are making me feel better, getting drunk, going out, being high and hooking up. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, one random night I had called out of work or I just happened to be off that night.
1: Let's slow down. Let's slow down. I think I know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, So from that time where you were living on campus, so that's your Uh freshman year, up until the end of your relationship, that end of your relationship, what year, what grade are you in, what year in college?
0: That was my senior year. That
1: wasn't okay. That was your senior year. Mm -hmm. So okay, continue. I just wanted to give a time Mm
0: -hmm. timeline. Yep. Um. I forgot. Where was I?
1: You were um, off. You called off you had off?
0: Yes, yeah, so I had I, I was off one particular night. I believe it was a Friday. Um and I'm like, who can I hang out with tonight on Instagram? Scrolling through. And I'm like, hmm. Come across Martin. And I'm like, I haven't spoken to him in a long time. Now, um, I don't know if you watched his episode but it's the episode before this one so go to episode six and in his testimony i think we touched on it lightly where we we met at the boys and girls club when we were when he was not he was 12 i was nine Mm -hmm. then we ended up having a, a short relationship in high school we reconnected when i was a freshman shortly and from freshman year to senior year i hadn't spoken to him but we still followed each other on Instagram. Well, I followed him on Instagram because apparently he hadn't followed me. But um, so, yeah. so did still- want me.
1: What am I'm, I I'm following, <laughs> <laughs> following for?
0: So I was still following him on Instagram. He happened to pop up on my feed. I DM'd him. Hey, what are you up to? How's life? What are you up to tonight? Let's hang out. And he said, sure. I'm not doing anything. Let's hang out. Mm-hmm. So he picks me up. We go back to his house. In the Stang, baby. He picks me up in his beat up Raggedy was, Loud Stang. At thing. that
1: point, it was beat up. It was beat it up. It wasn't
0: always like that. <laughs> My memory of that car is so warped. Like it I has re- to be. It has it's to like be. The opening the doors like creaking open. No. The seats have grease stains on them. They were leather. It the car was a mess, okay? But um he picked me up, he he opens the door for me. I'm like, Mental oh, that's man. nice. Oh, that's nice. So I get in the car, um, we go back to his house, and like I said, the things that were making me feel better at this time are partying and hooking up. So I had intentions of hooking up. But dun, dun. <laughs> but we get to his apartment and um, I remember asking him like, hey, are we going to hang out in the living room or are we going to go to your room? And he's like, oh, we can hang out in the living room. So I'm like, "The living room, all right, sure. So we sit down in the living room. The game is on. We're watching basketball. We're talking and we're just catching up. And during our conversation of us catching up, He's like, um, oh, I found God.
1: I had to drop that in there. Yeah, like, he just uh, dropped I, it. I worked here, you know, I did this, I you know, did this, did this. I found God, I did this, I did this. And you know, I did, sprinkled that <laughs> in there, you know, she didn't see it coming. You know, I knew what I was doing.
0: I definitely did not see that coming, okay? The Martin that I knew was a heathen. But, now I know you ain't saying, hmm, like you said, disagree. I said, I said
1: mm-hmm.
0: Oh, Okay. <laughs> So he says that he found God and in my head I'm like, "Well, what does that mean?" So, um, at the time I was talking to a pastor's son and he was a heathen too. He just went to church as well. So he was doing everything the Bible tell you not to do and then also going to church on Sunday morning.
1: Don't think you be don't think you can be okay with God do exact opposite what God said and then Show the church on Literally, whatever day you. It's not church. gonna it's,
0: help. You wasting your time. Uh,
1: the modern American church is lying to you.
0: Yes, it is. Once
1: saved, always saved is also a lie too. It doesn't. Nobody preached that. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Paul. Nobody preached that. But go ahead.
0: Yeah, but this was also my understanding of Christianity. Every Christian that I knew was a sinner Monday through Saturday, mm-hmm. and went to church on Sunday. So when he said he found God, I'm like, that's cool. But what is that supposed to mean to me? Because as far as I know, you're still able to do whatever you want. So, huh? So I I eventually asked him as the night progressed. We eventually talked a little bit about it. Um, and he, he essentially was telling me like, he doesn't fornicate, he doesn't do anything sexual. Like, that's not that, like, this ain't that basically. And
1: even, even to that, like, if I knew what I know now, I would have never even put ourselves in that situation because that opens you being in my apartment. I mind you, I had three other roommates, you being in my apartment at that time of night, well, even being in my apartment one on top of that, at that time of night, Opens his door to temptation, right? And if our sons even had the thought to do something like that, it's it, it, we are raising them in way in a way where you're going to wait till marriage, and not only going to wait till marriage, um, but you're going to do everything in its proper order. So you're going to be the best possible person that you can be on earth as it relates to success, right? And we're not, I'm not, we're not saying you need to be a billionaire, but do well. And not only do well, but when it comes for the time of maturity, when you are ready to get, be married, not ready to date, but you're ready to be married, then we can discuss like how we're going to go about this. You're going to court. We can talk about courting another day and figure out if that person is, if, if you're, if she's the right person for you and uh, vice versa. But we're not, we're not playing the dating game and now you hot and heavy in the pants and. I sound mad old, <laughs> but you know, I, when, I'm not, I am not willing to subject my sons to sin for the sake of what the world is doing. Like the world is going on dates. I've dated, obviously you've dated, obviously, you know, we've fornicated. Um
0: And we learn better. Exactly. Yes. I'm not,
1: I am not going to, my sons are, uh, they're not going to have girlfriends. Sorry. Whoever is listening, whoever thinks otherwise, whoever knows my son's. Um, personally, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about people that are a part of our lives in various different ways, who think that. Because, you know, people like to say um, to all, not just our boys, but in general to kids, especially young boys, oh, they're going to get all the girls. No, they're not. No, they're not. So watch it. My wife be having to check me because I'm about to check y'all, so watch it. <laughs> um, but no, that's, that's not going to be the case. They're going to be holy, set apart for God, for his people. And when that time comes and it's like, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Let's move forward. But, and now we didn't, we didn't partake in, um, physical sin. Right. But I am not opening. I shouldn't have. And I, I didn't know. Cause all I knew at that time, cause I was, I wasn't even a year saved at that time. was like, as long as we don't have sex, we good. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I'm, i <laughs> You know, it all worked out well, but it shouldn't have took place yeah. like that. We could have we could have gone out for coffee. Right. Uh, I don't I didn't drink coffee <laughs> in, in the time, daytime. Right. But we didn't have to. We could have sat at Burger King at a table at I my mean, Wendy's, like something like that. But Yeah. I just wanted to add that.
0: Yeah. No, it's good. Um, and even more so, like he said he's he mentioned we didn't fall into physical sin. What we didn't do was fornicate, but mm-hmm. we definitely Correct. fell into physical sin. Correct. Like it, it, it is more than, it's more than like
1: the going
0: the full, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So like, Kissing, mm-hmm. you have no business kissing someone who isn't your husband. We had no, no business we touching did. one another the um, way that we did. Yeah, I, I
1: was, gripping that booty. I did, I didn't know. <laughs> right? I'm like, you know, as long as it's not, you know, the full action. But yeah. the, the, the the thing is, like, you know, um I, I lost my thought. I was looking at
0: your mm-hmm. eyes. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the ah, continue anyway. continue anyway.
0: So, <laughs> so yes. So we stayed up all night talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we stayed up the next night all night talking. Yep. By the end of the week, you know, he was feeling me so much. He like, you want to just be my girlfriend? Oh, oh, oh,
1: oh. yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the, the, the entire not to. So somebody told me this. Um, so this I'm not this ain't my thing. I'm not teaching this. But the entire thing of you may now kiss the bride is that is the the thought that you have never kissed her. Mm-hmm. The the veil being taken off is because there was a veil before. You have never broken that veil.
0: We ain't know. Did you even have a veil? I yeah. did. I didn't want to wear it, but remember <laughs> Alex was like, "You better put that veil on."
1: My boy. Yes. <laughs> My boy. But um, you know, so that's 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 the thing, right? Our sons and every other kid that we have after the, our boys, that's that is the standard and it will be upheld. Because it is what it is. We are going to serve. As for me and my household, you know. So, yeah.
0: Yes. So, um, so yeah. So he asked me to be his girlfriend. I said yes. We started dating in February of two thousand eighteen. Um, and. From there, so February 2018, we began dating. I was set to graduate college in May 2018. After graduation, I already had plans of moving back to Minnesota with my dad. Now she want to
1: live with her dad.
0: Yeah, now I wanted to live with my dad because things in Jersey were not going well for me. And technically, I was homeless. So my dad, he has a house for me. He has a job for me. There's safety. There's security. I'm gonna go move with my dad. It's the only thing that made sense. So after graduation, I was set to move back to Minnesota. The plane ticket was bought. Mm-hmm. It's everything is set. But we begin dating in February, and um, hey, don't leave me. Yes. So um, I like got, I, I
1: still got the video of you going on the plane. I ain't crying though.
0: Yes I you did. did. I did not cry. Yes you did. When I left you didn't cry?
1: I did not cry. Babe. I did not cry.
0: Anyways. I got the video. Anyways. So, um <laughs> Should I <cry>? You did. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, keep telling me. Uh-huh. Okay. So, um So yeah, so we began dating and for a little while I was still 100% a sinner. Like I was still going out. I remember it's so cringy now. I remember showing up to his house drunk.
1: Not, so, so I'm sorry because in my, in my head I didn't, I didn't, I went too far in the timeline. So this is prior to her leaving.
0: Right? Yes. So, um, so yeah. So at the I'm time still, we started
1: dating, you were still a sinner.
0: At the time that we started dating, I was still a sinner and um, he would be telling me about the things that he was learning. He would be showing me different videos. He showed me The Last Reformation on YouTube. I'm like, this is insane. These people look crazy. It's giving cult (laughs) vibes. Like, what is that? And um, I didn't really want anything to do with it. Like, I just wasn't interested. Like, it wasn't – I didn't understand it, and there wasn't anything appealing about it to me.
1: Yeah. And I – I was like I was able to you know see that you wasn't really feeling it. Mm-hmm. And I liked you as a person. I always liked you as a person. You know, we we vibed well together, yeah, right? You
0: know, I I'm, I'm me. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so but I was able to see like without you directly saying cuz you never you were never rude about it. Yeah. But you was you, I was able to see like you were saying, you know, that this wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. Um so I had to tell her like, you know, in a passing conversation, not harshly. Um like listen, if my guy's not your guy, we could just be friends. And I could tell that was like, oh
0: my goodness! It was. It was <laughs> like, what, what you, what you mean? You don't want to be my boyfriend no more? <laughs> but I'm like, that's not true. Like, um, at the time, my uncle who is Muslim, he, well, they're married now. His wife is Christian. Mm-hmm. So I look, I'm looking at them. I'm like, people from different religions are together all the time. Like, I don't need to be Christian to be with you. Not well, that's cool. again. That's not cool understanding. for them me yeah again not understanding you know what Christianity is what it's all about I never I I didn't know Jesus I didn't know about him I didn't I wasn't raised in church like I remember going to church on Christmas maybe Easter here and there but um it was just like a performance right like you go there people clap on stage and the pastor say what he say and you go home um, so I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. And he wasn't really doing a great job. Telling no, me I was,
1: uh, I wasn't doing a great job. I was just so excited, to, you know, cause this was new to me. I'm so excited. Like you could raise me for the dead. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, like <laughs> if you said that to a, a person, they like, Lock him up, <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> you know. So, like this I was
0: kind of crazy. I wasn't like
1: him, but <laughs> you know, the, the, she basically the lineup was tight, but you know, he a little off, so I don't know. <laughs> but I was just like, you know, um, I, I wasn't doing a good job, I didn't even know how to preach the gospel. I was just following behind the man who preached me the gospel, right? right. I'm like, I'm reading this and then this, and if you look at the world, the world is burning, it's right here, the Bible. <laughs> it, it's, it was craziness. Already. If you if you if, you're, if your eyes, if God has not removed those blinders you sound crazy which is why if this podcast reaches people who eyes are not blind or who eyes are blind we're going to sound crazy <laughs> which is okay
0: um so yeah so he so he's telling me things I'm hearing certain things but I'm not interested so one random day, he's like, I want you, I want to bring you to meet someone. And mm-hmm. I, be, I don't know if you, you, I don't know if he used the term or if. Mentor. This is, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You used the term. He said he wanted me to meet his mentor. So I'm like, okay, cool. This is like the first step before I meet his parents, I guess. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we, we, he takes me to. You can't, meet,
1: you can't meet the big dog. You can't meet my dad. That's are you done? It's crazy.
0: <laughs> So, he takes me to go meet Alex. We go to, at the time, Alex was working at Ivy Hill. We go to Ivy Hill, and um, we go to his office. Did we go to his office first? He was in the hall. He came out in the hallway. Okay. So, um, we do introductions. Hi, I'm Asia. Hi, I'm Alex. We probably shook hands. I don't know. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) No, he wanted to give you a hug. but he's like, let me just
0: probably you know i wasn't a hugger back then <laughs> um but you know he starts ask, asking the regular questions you know what do you study you know who are you we're we're chatting
1: i had to get up out the room because you was being mad uptight like ew.
0: i was because i'm like i have to make a good impression i have to give the perfect answer so let me
1: get on let me, let me get on I had a lot to talk yeah. at that time he wrote a book and i'm like you just read his book. You probably, in hindsight, you probably had no idea what the book was saying. Yeah. But I'm like, you That don't... book was heavy, okay? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, I'm like, but, let me get on out of here so y'all could just yeah, talk. So, so I left for like 10, 15
0: minutes. Yeah, you left, and when you left, Alex, he was like, you know, you don't have to be like, what did he say? You don't have to. In my head, he said front, but I know that's not what he said. No. He basically was like, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to be so uptight. Like you could just talk, like you mm-hmm. could be yourself. So when, I, when
1: he. I feel like it, it's like, you don't have to have your guard
0: up. That's something. probably what he said. Yeah. So he said. He, listen, man,
1: that man, he's a great reader of people. He is. He has very listen, high emotional. Emotional IQ. intelligence. Like it's like, I don't know. I, through the roof. Yeah. Like, listen, I wish I, I feel like that has to be God given because. It is. I
0: 100% believe that. There's
1: not many people who have high emotional IQ. Mm High IQ, great. High emotional IQ, be able to read humans and human experience, that is a wonderful gift to have. Yeah. Yeah, Let me get some of that.
0: (laughs) So, um... You also have to care about people. This is true, and he does care. He does care. Um, So he tells me, like, I could be myself and um, basically to relax. And when he said that, it was like... Every wall I had built up, <laughs> it was gone. It was done. It just all came crumbling down, and my eyes got hot. Mm. Next thing you know, I just start crying. Glasses foggy. Yeah. So by this point, we're in his office, and I am sobbing. Mm-hmm. That's and when I, I showed says, up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like while, I think like. While I was crying, he says, he he says, Have you ever heard the gospel? And I'm like, No, I never heard the gospel and I hadn't. And he says, Can I share the gospel with you? Mm. And I said, Yeah, of course. He shares the gospel with me and my heart knew that it was the truth. Mm. Like before my mind, before my body, before my thought, like everything my my heart knew that what he was saying to me was the truth.
1: And this is coming from a person who, if I were to ask you what I religion you identify with, what do you think you would have said?
0: I probably would have said Muslim.
1: Yeah, because back back in the day, she had a, a, a post on her Instagram. All right, I all remember, right, <laughs> all right. They said, did you read your Quran? I'm like, that ain't going to last.
0: <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so he shares the gospel with me. He says, um... After he shares the gospel message with me, he says, do you want to be saved? And I say, yes. Yeah, I'm like, yes. He said, do you want to be baptized? I said, yes. He said, I don't know. Man.
1: <laughs> 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 well, you says, just want Martin. You know?
0: Right. He like, I don't know. You might just be saying that because you want to be with him. I don't know. I don't know if I believe you. So I'm like, no, like I want to be baptized. I want, I want Jesus. So he's like, okay, well, this is, this is what we'll do. Mm -hmm. He says, um, go home. And I think he told, no, he didn't tell me to read all three. He only gave me one. I'm talking
1: about, yeah, he only gave you one, but he said, come back to me in three days.
0: Oh, okay. So he says, go home. I believe he said, read Luke, Mm -hmm. go home, read Luke. And in three days, if you still want to get baptized, I'll baptize you. Mm -hmm. So I went home. I read Luke. I told I don't know if I told him or like told him directly or if I told you to tell him, but I finished Luke. I'm like, listen, I finished that. Now you one. told him. Okay, I told him. So I finished Luke, and then um the third day comes. I'm like, I'm on my way, and it was pouring. Yeah, the storm was crazy. The storm was so crazy. Like I remember when we were stepping into the car, like having to step over just the rivers in the streets to get into the car. Mm but um i think we were on our way i had my change of clothes in the car like we i was ready and he's like let's reschedule i'm like dang
1: i'm not gonna get baptized Mm -hmm.
0: i said all right cool you know tomorrow tomorrow is tomorrow it's only one day i could wait so um we had to wait but that during this time and during this time like i said i was technically homeless so i was spending a lot of time at martin's house martin's house i believe there was evil there i would have an evil
1: presence
0: yes i would we're have not
1: talking about the people no not
0: the not the people <laughs> not the people his friends were great they were polite they were lovely to me not the people but um i would have the most the scariest nightmares that i ever had i would have them at his house walking through his home it always felt like something was with me like there like i would be like constantly like looking turn, looking back like it always felt like something was looming mm-hmm. um like it was so bad that i would literally ask him to come to the bathroom with me like just stand outside the door because something like I'm scared basically like I was scared um so during this time I'm having all these crazy nightmares and I would literally wake out wake up out my sleep scared (gasps) like that sometimes I would wake up crying it was it was it was a time but so the night that I was supposed to get baptized I have this crazy nightmare and I remember being so scared but I also remember like i remember waking up in a, in a panic the like the type of panic where you can't breathe like i remember not being able to catch my breath for a couple seconds but i also and i i remember like just being so scared that i immediately started crying as i woke up mm-hmm. so i'm like trying to catch my breath get my bearings and i'm also trying not to wake him up not to wake up mine he's sleeping next to me now i before Christ and really before deliverance I've always been super prideful when it comes to my emotions so I don't cry easily and I don't I'm very choosy about who I show my emotions to Mm -hmm. so I honestly didn't want him to see me crying so I got up and I went into the living room because I couldn't I couldn't really get my bearings without the possibility of waking him up so I get up it's real early in the morning I get up I go into the living room I go into the living room and I remember, you know, I'm supposed to be reading through Mark. So I ha- I mean, Luke. to through Luke. So I had already finished it, but I'm like, let me just read it again. Right. Like I need to calm down, basically. So I open up the Bible app on my phone. I started reading through Luke. And I remember sitting there immediately as I started reading, my body calmed down, my breathing regulated, and I felt fine. Like I didn't feel like that looming presence was there anymore. But I re- also remember, like, after deciding, like, okay, I'm done reading for right now, and, like, kind of closing my phone, and I remember leaning back on the couch, and the sun was coming up, and I, li- I remember, like, I'm sure this is not how it happened, but I remember looking out the window, and the sun was just beaming. I felt oh. like, literally, <laughs> literally, it was like a ah uh, moment. And um, it just, everything felt And looked brighter. Everything felt new. It felt like I could breathe again. And I don't like. I'm not gonna go as far as to say like that's when I felt the Holy Spirit for the first time. But it was definitely something. Um. So that now is the the morning of my baptism. We eventually make it to Alex's house. I get baptized. And after, after the baptism, him, um, and two, two women from the church and Martin, they're praying over me. Um, and I remember Alex saying, um, we're going to ask God to fill you with his Holy spirit. If you hear anything in your ears that, you know, whatever you hear, just speak it. And, um, they began praying over me and Alex is you know repeating if you hear anything just speak it if you hear any anything at all it'll sound crazy you might not understand but anything you hear just speak it and the entire time in my mind in my head I hear it but like he said it sounds crazy <laughs> and I'm, I'm still you know walking out pride and self preservation I'm like I'm not about to be in here looking crazy I'm not saying that <laughs> I'm not saying nothing. So he's like, do you hear anything? I'm like, no. I tell him no. He's like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll pray again at another, at another time. Mm -hmm. So I get out, out the tub and, you know, dry off change. We have a meal and we celebrate my baptism and everything is all good. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, I was already set to move back to Minnesota in May. So we start dating in February I get saved and baptized late, no, early May. Late May, I graduate college. And then early June, I go to live in Minneapolis with my dad. So, so now I am in Minneapolis and I am prayer calls Reading my Bible, really trying to walk this thing out, Mm -hmm. Um, making sure or like, you know, doing my best to not fall into sin. Um, And when I went to go live in Minnesota, you know, at this point, I'm by myself, you know, like away from the body. And um, I still had those connections. You know, I'm talking to Alex. I'm talking to Martin. I'm talking to my my sister in Christ, um, who I was really close with at the time. Ty, she's calling me all the time. At the time? Well, we're still close. Yeah, we're still close. But um we're we're talking all the time. So like I had them and I was able to talk to them, but like physically I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm still, you know, walking it out trying to figure out, you know, what being Christian really looks like. Um And it was it was a good time. Like looking back, I had I had a lot of time to read my Bible, to pray, to learn about God, you know, listen to different things on YouTube and really, really find him. Um, I mean, do listen
1: to everything on YouTube. Yeah, don't
0: listen to everything on Funny YouTube. Funny thing
1: is, we're on YouTube. <laughs> Boy, it's some crazy doctrine out there. It is.
0: Stick That's why, to you know. The
1: proper doctrine.
0: Stick to proper doctrine and really rely on the Holy Spirit if we got, you we, don't. We, we, have we
1: follow a doctrine today. that is, it looks like, look just like the Bible, but you, you, you're not a part, so you may not be a part. So I can't tell you. I mean, you could stick to the Apostles' Doctrine.
0: But yes, I, I'm, in, I'm in Minnesota by myself, and um Martin came to visit me in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, August is both of our birthday month.
1: Yep.
0: So I had he comes a two-week
1: break off from work, off of them kids. Was that
0: summer break for your school? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, he comes and visits me for those two weeks. Um It was great. It was. While he was there. So, I before on, uh, I left... Uh
1: at uh, a futon?
0: Yeah. <laughs> before, because we were, you know, we were instructed not to sleep in the same bed. So yeah. he slept on the floor. Basically. He was trying to
1: figure it out, you know?
0: Yeah, we were, we were trying to figure it out. But um, before I left, me now being saved, before I left to go to Minnesota, I'm like, listen, if we're not going to get married, we can't be together. Like, we can't nah, be she, in a She the
1: hit me with this stuff, and I'm like,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, so listen, I, I laid it out and honestly, I had a timeline in my mind. I told you that before. No. Yeah, you you were on, on time. Oh, yeah. I was on yeah. borrowed time. You yeah. was on borrowed time. Mm. So I had a timeline in my mind and I'm like, if he don't propose to me by the end of this year. We could just be friends. Respect. So I let him know like, hey, we, we need to get married. And I don't. I don't remember there being pushback, but I also don't remember him immediately being like, "Yes, okay." I had so, to keep it keep it cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I say what I say before I leave. I go to Minnesota. While in Minnesota, our apostle he gave a teaching, and I was watching it virtually, of course. He gave a teaching, and he talked about how he does not like to disciple people who have boyfriends and girlfriends. Because the only what ends up happening nine times out of ten is that they say, yes, they want Jesus and he'll pour into them. They'll fall into sin, fall into fornication with their boyfriend or their girlfriend because they haven't given it up. And then they'll be so shameful because of what they did that they'll end up ghosting him. And now, you know, the energy that he put into it is Mm -hmm. done. So
1: we have seen it happen firsthand.
0: We have, and it was terrible. Come back, girl. It hurts. We love you. We do. You named our cat. Listen, we love you. Come back. You know you want to. You do. I know you do. Know. Um, but um, yeah, so I see this teaching and I'm like, look, even Apostle, he talk about him, do boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, come on, we need to get married. I'm like, right. <laughs> so August comes, he comes to visit me. Now, at this time we are two broke young adults, right? Mm-hmm. I know how much he make. I know, and I think the rings that I sent him were moderately priced, right? Like I'm not I didn't care what ring he got me to be honest, as long as I was okay looking at it on my hand, but what mattered most was that we were married. So, I had sent him a couple options for my rings. But I knew that he wasn't going to be able to afford them so soon. So when he came to visit in August, I was not expecting him to propose to me at all. So. But what I do. (laughs) So, he, like, looking back now, he was not actually as smooth as he I'm thought not, he was. No, I
1: wasn't smooth. I was honestly surprised that you didn't figure it out. Yeah. He like,
0: asked, he even asked me, he's like, if I was going to propose to you while I was here, where would you want me to propose to you at?
1: It's right there.
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> Literally, nothing, nothing was clicking, okay? But I gave him a place, and mm-hmm. um, we were going to go to this place anyways. Like, it was already on the list, so... We went to the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis. Beautiful place. First, we went to the movies. Then we went out to eat. Then we, we went, went out went. to eat first. No.
1: No? We didn't have a cheesecake? Mm-mm.
0: Because after after the proposal, we went home. Okay. Okay. So, we went, we went to the movies. We went out to eat. And then we went to the Sculpture Garden. And we get to the sculpture garden. Everything is all cool first. We're taking pictures. He, like, asked some random guy. Oh,
1: man. So,
0: <laughs> hold on. He actually. So, him, I'm like, oh, I'm like hey,
1: you know, go stand by the cherry and the spoon. You stand by that. I'm going to talk know, a to somebody. play on my
0: childhood nickname.
1: I'm going to talk to somebody about taking a picture for us. So, I go up to this dude and I'm like, hey, man, I'm about to propose. I need you to take a picture. He like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The girl he was with, you could tell on her face she didn't she didn't she she wanted to be out of this whether she didn't like him or whether I don't know she wanted to be out. So I propose no 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 we're taking a picture because I gotta keep the disguise that I'm taking a picture. And um I'm like, hey man, like he's like he tries to hand me back the phone, and I go back to him I'm like, no, 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 no. Record the video. Record it. <laughs> she, she behind me. I'm like, record the video. He's like, okay. I can see in his eyes He don't get it So at this point I'm all flustered I'm like aggravated I'm like my heart Was in my foot So immediately I'm like I bet I pull his big old box Out my My Chino pants And I propose You know she's all shocked And he's recording it And he drops the phone <laughs> It starts clapping. So my proposal is his armpit. <laughs> hey, oh, we didn't find that out until afterwards. I'm like, hey, man, we got to recreate this. Can you take pictures? Like, yeah. yeah, sure. You know, really nice guy. I try to reconnect with him all the time in Minnesota, but we keep missing each other. Yeah,
0: it was cool. So we, we got engaged. And even before that, he asked my dad for my hand in marriage. I did. I
1: asked him that day. I asked him that day earlier. Um, He asked me for some help with something. Mm-hmm. You need me to help him move So something. I didn't
0: even suspect why they talking all quietly yeah. outside.
1: And I'm like, hey, man. uh And from the second that I met your dad, like, well, uh, when I met your dad at uh, your graduation mm-hmm. a couple months prior in May, and uh everybody was saying, every, your family was talking about him like he was the boogeyman. And
0: I thought he was going to give him a hard time. He did
1: not give me a hard time. And um, I think, I think my dad is the boogeyman. So I'm like, you can't <laughs> be scared of my dad. So it's all right, you know. I'll be all right. Yeah. So, uh, but as soon as uh, I met her dad, like it was immediate, like love and compassion. Like he was just ready, happy to talk to me. You know, we had, we had a great conversation off rip. So, um, so, you know, fast forward to when I asked, I knew he was going to say yes, but it was just like the embrace that he gave me was so like, take her away from me. <laughs> 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 nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. But he was just, he was just really happy. I could tell like he, it was a, it was a very um, embracing hug. Like,
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: but i i asked him that early in the day, and I knew he was gonna say yes, but it was just like the uh the joy that he had it was just like of course, it's not even a question
0: mm-hmm. so so yeah, so um during my time in Minnesota, I was working um for my dad. Mm-hmm. I had mountains and mountains of debt that I was trying to pay off, and I had put a, a good dent in it, but yeah. not nearly enough yeah. <laughs> um so I stayed in Minnesota because, like, after we got engaged, mine's like, "All right, when you coming back?" I'm like, "I gotta work. I gotta make money. I got all this debt. Like, yeah,
1: that was, I don't just, know." That wasn't my yeah. best.
0: Yeah. in In his testimony, he touched on the financial footing yeah. situation a little bit, but it was it was tough. Okay, like when when I so okay, August he proposed. October I came home. October we got married. So, um, I had put a good dent in the debt, but like we had started out at like 10,000. So when I came home, let's say we were at six, I don't know, but like there was still a a substantial amount. Um, so I came home, we got married. Now we have to spend money on the wedding. I wanted to elope. Okay. So, so the family that came to our wedding Martin Martin was putting on he wanted y'all to be there. I did he I
1: wanted, did he wanted, wanted to spend to that moment with y'all. I did.
0: I wasn't really with it. She was just but, like, we
1: could just save no. money in elope, and I was just like, no, but we won't touch on the wedding. Just keep it moving,
0: okay, um, so yeah, so now we Not have the- 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 hold
1: on, so. so what I wanna say is the reason why I said we won't touch on the wedding is because something happened at the end that wasn't a. Uh, and it was the end. That wasn't the greatest, right? Um, we got married. Alex performed our wedding ceremony. He did. It was great.
0: It um, was.
1: My grandfather read a scripture at the beginning of the, uh, the ceremony. It was very long. He did a great job. <laughs> um, it was some good food. Um, we have some very nice pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I said we won't touch on the wedding because we don't need to revisit that. Um, for those who know, they know. And that's okay. The ending, the very short ending, the, the endings, so thirty minutes at the end of the uh, the night, that portion of the night, because we have fun later that
0: night. Oh but my goodness! That, that portion
1: of the night wasn't the best, so that's neither here nor there.
0: Yeah, it's, it's all love now. I mean, yeah. it's cool.
1: Yeah, that's what. But the, I, I just wanted to add context. That's why I said that. So, yeah.
0: <clears throat> but yeah. So then we had to spend money on the wedding and all that went into that. And then um, since I just moved back to Jersey, I don't have a job. So we're only working off of his income. Plus this, our bills were like, if his income was here, our bills were here. I literally don't know how we were eating, but, you know, was, God I had, makes I, a way.
1: I, well, God, God, God made a way. I sold sneakers. I sold oh, yeah. Mad sneakers.
0: Yep, That's how we word were. of
1: God says, don't store up yourself treasures earth because thieves will break in and steal well i sold some of my treasures and then other others were stolen so there's your word right (laughs) there don't do it it's not worth it and i do love my sneakers um the sneakers that i do have and when i think about the sneakers i do have i probably have like a very small number but uh just don't don't do it
0: but yeah so um yeah finances were a little iffy at first and we ended up having to stay with who the people who are our teachers now mm-hmm. we stayed with them for a little while which was great i we like he said in his testimony we really do wish we had pressed into relationship more when we were living there i got
1: an idea for the last episode of the season I, I, I want y'all to yeah come, well come well
0: there. yeah we'll talk about it i've been scared to ask but we're gonna ask because she's a fool guys forgive her anyways so, um so yeah, so that was that we ended up staying with them and they helped us get our finances Tremendously. Together. Yeah, they sat us down, they taught us budgeting, mm-hmm. they taught us, you know, how to really work our finances and it helped tremendously. So we got on our feet. Martin oh, got Martin got a pay increase and in mm-hmm. a new job. Mm-hmm. I got a new job. Mm-hmm. We saved up some money, we moved out mm-hmm. and listen, we've been on our own ever since trying to figure this thing out yeah. um
1: praise god for his people
0: so yeah so we got married in october and that was five years ago it's been five years five since years i've been five years saved jesus has done wonderful things in our life mm-hmm. he has changed me so much mm-hmm. i'm so grateful mm-hmm. and yeah
1: yeah and the the, the great thing uh about um Jesus, well, one of the great things, right? He's outside of time. So, not only has he changed her and myself, but he's still doing it. Mm-hmm. So, it's just like, he's not done yet. And it's like, no. that's that's not like,
0: he's not done, he's not done, not done. Oh like, my not like that, right?
1: We're like, you know, he's not done. Oh, um, mean, it's it's, it's uh, obviously us knowing each other for so long. We know how we used to be. We know what we used to look like. I used to have dreads, right? Um, I cut my dreads <laughs> for Pride and Salvation just because, uh, I personally, I just want to cut my dreads. But um it was just like, you know, we have got to see our lives transform um up close and personal because we've got we've known each other for so long. And we're gonna get to, we get to see uh God continue to do this for the rest yes. of our lives. Cause she ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so um who do you know God to be?
0: I know God to be A transformer. I know God to be. A provider. I know God to be. Refuge.
1: Give me an example of each one of those things.
0: Yes. So. Transformation. When I look back. And I think about who I was. Before Christ. That. That. I was someone who genuinely believed that I would never be happy. Mm. I believed that there would always be a hole in my heart, that there would always be something missing. I was quick to anger. Mm. I was swift with my tongue, like my words. I was not a lover of people. I, I, I had relationships and I desired relationships, but I was quick to leave someone on the wayside. Mm-hmm. Like, if it wasn't working out for me and I didn't like the way it was going, I was quick to abandon mm-hmm. Um But today, God has transformed me in many ways. You know, I'm joyful. I love people deeply. And I'm not quick to anger. I'm not quick with my tongue. I try not to be. Catching strays, but uh,
1: do I <laughs> do a golly, Man, right? ain't, ain't. I ain't catch a stray in a while. She doing all right, boy. Like, dang, did you? I'm you trying. Pray? Okay, you gonna I'm go trying. talk to God after you said that? How you
0: gonna do that? You know, I'm trying. It. Listen, but um, yeah, like I knew, I knew that God was, I knew that God was transforming me. The first time I knew it or was able to experience it, I knew it <laughs> was um in October when someone someone was upset with me I'm trying to, I'm I'm choosing my words I'm choosing my words lightly because I don't want to offend this person now because we have reconciled and it's all good but um this was you know something that happened in my life so I want to tell the instance but I want to tell it in a way where it's not like I'm bashing this person yeah, there's no, there's but no um them. this person They were upset at a situation and they directed the anger towards me in a very you better type of way. Mm -hmm. Me being who I was, when someone does that to you, especially like in your personal space, because she was really close, like she was in my face. Mm -hmm. So when someone does that, I was not only was I taught, but it's my first instinct to just swing. Like Mm -hmm. that's just what you're supposed to do. But in that instance, instead of swinging, what I said or what I did was, one, take a step back Mm -hmm. and then say, like, relax and calm down. Like, this is not going to happen. Whereas, you know, Asia before would have just reacted. Mm -hmm. But having that that moment to think.
1: Jesus gave you a moment.
0: Jesus gave me a moment. And, um, that's when I knew that I was being transformed and I was, you know, no longer that angry person or like that person who had to constantly defend themselves. So, um, God has transformed me in many ways. Um, I said provider, Mm -hmm. God has provided in so many different scenarios. He's never not provided. There's never, there's never been a need that we had that wasn't met. And honestly, a need that we had that wasn't met, even with abundance, and to our liking, right? Like, you know how people have those testimonies where it's like, I just, I need God to do it this way, mm-hmm. and he does it another way? Mm-hmm. There's never been an instance where God has provided for us, and I've been un- dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. Like, he satisfies every need. Mm-hmm. So, um, he, he is a provider. And... Refuge. There's so much safety in Christ. It's amazing. It's astounding. Like, <clears throat> the safety, the safety, there's safety in the counsel of the people that he's given us, right? Like, there's there's not a question that I could have, even a just regular life, a question about health insurance, a question about my children a question about how to potty train like there's not a question that I can that I have that I don't have someone to ask that question it's to. so
1: crazy that that's how, that's how it's just worked out yeah because it's like obviously you know we're not old but we have people uh, who are older than us who have experienced life mm-hmm. you know, um, in ways that we haven't and been around this this thing before it's like what should I do about this and I'll tell you it's like okay and it works out well and these people are holy they, they whatever rice they're giving is holy mm-hmm. and it works out for us well yes it works out for every single time yeah despite ourselves
0: it does and um you know just being being a young adult is life life is scary like it's a big world out there you know we we now we have, have a been big big god we do <laughs> We have been tasked with big responsibilities, even when it comes to our children. We've never been parents before. We're, we're just trying to figure this out. And even, like, you know, rent and house and job and car and, like, all of that stuff. Like, without God, those things can be really scary. You know, those are debilitating things for some people. But... There's safety because we know that no matter what, God is going to work it out, and he's always going to be there. Holy. So he, he is refuge. He is safety. He is assurance. Amen.
1: Amen. So what advice would you give to a, a person who is, A, was like you prior to Christ, and, B, when they first got their first experience of Christ? What would you tell them
0: I think to both of those people, I would say, listen and believe. Mm. Believe the testimony. Believe the word that you're being told. Because um, when I was first preached the gospel, I believed immediately. But looking back, if I didn't believe, life could have Life is scary to even think about, but life could have looked so different. Mm-hmm. And even, even after I believe the gospel and had my experience with Christ or, you know, I'm still having it. But like that first initial um, experience, if, if you don't believe or if you're slow to believe, because even in, in my walk, I've been slow to believe certain things and slow to buy into certain ideas if i if if i had just believed initially mm-hmm. who knows what the trajectory in my life could have looked like or the tra- trajectory of my relationship with Christ could have looked like like i know that i know that i've what's the word like basically slowed down my progression mm-hmm. in certain areas because I didn't believe a certain thing or I was slow to believe a certain thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm one of those people where if someone tells me something that I don't immediately agree with, I'm not going to say anything. I I, I probably won't say anything up front. I'll wait and kind of see how things play out. And like maybe look up, look up other sources or, you know, try to piece things together for myself. Whereas if I had just believed the word of God, mm-hmm. if I had just believed his people, I could have saved myself trouble. I could have saved myself a lot of Amen. a lot. So um, my advice would be to believe the gospel, believe the gospel wholeheartedly yes, and
1: wholeheartedly believe support. his people
0: believe his people and honestly it's it is scary so i want to give a disclaimer on on the part of believing his people because i hear stories all the time about church hurt i Mm -hmm. wasn't raised in church so i can't identify with that but i know that it exists it exists and as a christian you do put a lot of trust and you rely on the people of god a lot or you should the way that if you if you believe according to the bible you should be putting a lot of weight on those people. So to believe them and trust them wholeheartedly is a big task. So the disclaimer that I want to give is when you are giving that trust and that belief to these people, make sure that those are actually people of God. Examine their lives. If their lives are, are full of sin, those are not the people of God that you need to be believing and putting your trust in. So examine their lives and believe them. Believe the gospel, because the people who are truly following God, the people who are truly seeking after him and want to look like Jesus, Mm -hmm. they only want what's best for you. And I know that the people of God only Mm -hmm. want what's best for me. And it took me a while to be able to trust that. But had I trusted them sooner, who knows? Possibilities are endless. So Only God can do it. it. Only God can do it. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So, thank
1: you for coming to the Lily Podcast. Yes, where we plant and God provides (sighs) increase. So, I like this chair. I like it. Oh my goodness! But um, (laughs) I'm not. I'm I'm not going to be doing the interviewing.
0: Maybe.
1: I mean, you know, depending on who the guests are. Mm. That you. That is your burden. Um, (laughs) So, peace out, y'all. We need to eat. We need to pick up these kids. We need to go hang out with the the body of Christ. Sure.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Lily Podcast. For a while, I have been wanting to put out a call to salvation. And the call to salvation begins with the gospel. The gospel says that God became man in Jesus Christ, that Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life, the life that we were all supposed to live, and he died the death that we are all deserving of due to our sin. Three days later, he rose again, proving that he is the Son of God, offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to all those who would repent and believe if you have not answered the call to salvation and you want to answer the call to salvation please fill out the form below and let's see if i can get you connected with disciples in your local area so that you can get started on your journey with christ if you have answered that call to salvation but you haven't been activated in the great commission you can use that same form below and i can get you connected with disciples in your local area that can show you how to get activated and get involved In the work that God left us here to do. The Great Commission says, Go therefore, preaching the gospel, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey the things that God has commanded us. As Christians, we have a work here on this earth. So if you haven't been activated, use that form below and let's get you activated. Once again, I'm so grateful and I really do appreciate your support. Thank you for tuning in and let's meet us back here next week because we will be dropping a new episode every Friday. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support.